It's time for your weekly dental evolution session of fun and educational information for dental professionals. Dr. Tony Sirachi from Momentum Management and Emmanuel Recupero from Dental ED are proud to present dental education to you in their unique blend of casual conversation. It's high in energy and high in value. And now, over to our hosts. Good evening and welcome to tonight's broadcast of session three, the preclinical interview. We're going to discover things about our patients and how we're going to piece that information to get good case acceptance. The title of the presentation is Communication for Successful Case Acceptance. And what we mean by this is that we're going to teach you how to use the right techniques of questioning to get the answers to prepare patients towards case acceptance. So what we're doing is we're getting them ready for in getting the right mindset for better case acceptance. We will show you how we use the right questioning technique to get the kind of right answers from the patients and setting them up with the right mindset to get them ready for better case acceptance. And I think that Tony's a master at this. She does it extremely well. And we're going to role play as well tonight. So we're going to show you the whole process of how we do it. And what we're going to also prompt everyone to do tonight is to present a scenario, a patient scenario. So I'll read out the patient scenario. And Tony is going to show you a couple of examples how she's going to get that scenario out from me. In other words, if there's a, a patient that has an issue with money, then I will pretend to be that patient without mentioning that I have an issue with money. And Tony is going to use the right questioning technique and set me up and try and get that out of me. And so she'll know what direction she needs to go or what ammunition she will need in her case presentation. So, Tony, how are you? I'm very well, Emmanuel. Thank you very, very much. So I'm putting myself on the line here tonight, guys. So talk about out of your comfort zone on this group. And if I get it right, I'm making a fool of myself. I'm pretty confident that I can get it right. But yeah, test me out. I want to be tested. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to do this live. We're going to put our reputation and our expertise on the line. So we're going to show you our, and we are experienced. We're experienced communicators. And we're going to show you how to use right questioning technique and then funnel in towards the answer and setting, once we know the answer, we set patients up mentally to get prepared for the case acceptance. So that's unfortunately is what many dentists don't do. Um, and that's why the case acceptance is not usually very high. So this is what we are going to do tonight. So with that said, yes, um, I'm going to get you started because we've got a lot to get through tonight. As Emmanuel said, this is the second part of the preclinical interview. And as I said last week, this is where the magic really happens. So this parts, the preclinical interview is all about getting to know who your patient is and what they want, and then doing the clinical examination after this. So please remember that we have not looked in the patient's mouth at this stage. So we're going to step you through from when we begin with the dentist retrieving the patient from the patient lounge, and then we're going to come in and do the first part of the preclinical interview. I left you some homework last time and I want to know what you found out. Did you work out your definition of comprehensive dentistry? So I'd love for you to place the comments for me. I'll see it later on. I'm not looking at the comments at the moment. Okay. We're on a different software where I can't see the comment, but I will answer later on. Sometimes it takes me a day or two to get through all the comments. So I apologize, apologize if it takes a little bit of time. But did you work out your definition of comprehensive dentistry? And if you did, then the next thing is, are you using that in your head while you are with your patients and diagnosing your patients? That's what I want to know. 
And the second part to this question is, I also want to know, have you shared that with your team? Because team is everything and everybody needs to be on the same bus heading towards the same destination. Okay. Next question I want to know is, did you identify where you were sabotaging yourself? Is it in the examination process? Is it in the formulation of the treatment plan? Or is it in the presentation to the patient? So we spoke about all of this last week. If you don't remember, please go back and watch that session again. It's really important that where you potentially sabotage yourself. Now, next question. Did you review your number of existing patient emergencies? And I just want to know whether you found that interesting or not. Okay. So yes, interesting or no, not interesting. That's all I need to know. Okay. And last but not least, I would like to know if you started to listen to your patients more and what did that give you? Did you find that your patients actually started liking you more because you were listening? Did you find that even just listening a little bit more to them helps them accept your treatment plans? So I really want this feedback. I want to know what worked for you, what didn't work so that we can, so that we can go through and we can help you improve. Okay. So while you're putting all of that together for me, I'm going to move on. And I want to say thank you again to all of you for joining us again tonight. And also for all of you, for all your wonderful comments and everything that you're saying about dental evolution. I have to say we are overwhelmed with all of the comments and emails and Facebook messages that we're getting. It is just so lovely to hear that you are all getting so much out of this. So thank you so much for everybody who's supporting us. So before we continue on too much more, we want to talk about the patient preparation, arrival and welcome. And this is really important. So like I was talking about last week, we can't just go into a full one hour comprehensive examination with our patients that are all used to having a 20 minute checkup and clean. Okay. These patients, if we just extend the appointment for an hour, they're going to really start wondering what's going on and they're going to think that things are just not right. So we actually need to prepare our patients. And I would always suggest that you start with this comprehensive examination with all of your new patients. Okay. So your new patients have never had a different experience at your practice. So they are probably the easiest to work with. Now, with regards to existing patients, I totally believe that you can do exactly the same thing. I would just be saying to them something like, let's say you're seeing them in their hygiene examination. I would usually, I wouldn't charge them for the hygiene exam. And I would say to them, if I see that there's a lot going on in their mouth and I haven't done a comprehensive examination before, I would say to them, Mrs. Jones, so that we can spend time together talking about all of the different options that are available nowadays with new materials and new equipment. I would really like to spend that time with you, helping you work out a plan to look after your teeth for the next 10 years or so moving forwards. And so that we can do this, I'd really like to invite you for a complimentary consultation. Then I'll spend a full hour with you and we'll go through everything in detail and all of your questions can be answered. So let's make that appointment. Now, if you offer it in that sort of way, honestly, a loyal patient is going to be so grateful that you are offering them that for free. Now, I don't say free. I say complimentary because I think it's a nicer word and I think we need to be, we need to be Emirates Airlines, not Tiger Airways. Free is Tiger Airways. And I think complimentary is Emirates. Okay. I believe that your loyal patients deserve this. They've been coming to you for years. And I think that this is something that you could give back to them by providing this. I want you to make sure that you make your patients feel like a VIP. So it's seven star service every single step of the way. You need to be adding, what can I do? What steps can I add into every little touch point of the patient in your practice so that you are giving them that total VIP treatment? So treat each patient as if they're the only patient for the day. Now, how would you treat 
your patients if you only had one? Like you're going to treat them like a precious, precious piece of gold. You're going to wrap them in cotton wool. And you know what? We should be doing that even if they are not our only patient for the day. Greet them by their name, okay? And please introduce everyone around and everyone in the practice should be smiling. We are in the business of smiles and it's surprising how many times I see people not smiling in a dental practice. So please put a smile on your dial, everyone. Okay. I believe that the dentist should go into the patient lounge and retrieve the patient. Now, some people don't like to do this. Some people would rather send out their DA. Look, I do this for two reasons. Number one, Really importantly, I'm a good team member and I like my DA to have just a little bit extra time to finish off tidying up the room and be ready for me. But number two, I believe that this is time that you can get to know the patient. You can spend a little bit of time talking to them with a little bit of social chit chat on the way into the surgery. And I think that it's an extra touch rather than the DA just calling out and bringing the patient in. So Ideally, I would also suggest that if you're not having a patient tour in your practice, that at least your front office coordinator could give what I call a hand tour. So they're going to be saying something like, welcome to our practice and our patient lounge is over here. Please relax in the patient lounge. Let's just special note here. I say patient lounge, not waiting room. The reason I say patient lounge is because you relax in the patient lounge in a waiting room, you, what do you do, Emmanuel, in a waiting room? You, uh, who went? Sorry, I'm back. He's not there for me. Anyway, you wait. Okay. So we don't want our patients waiting. All right. Once the patient is moved to the consultation area, the dental assistant needs to stay with our patient until the dentist arrives if you didn't, if you didn't go and retrieve the patient. So I want the patient's kept company the whole time. And this is a really interesting little point that I want to make for you is that I think you need to be aware of repetitive small talk. And this is my little example here. I don't want the patient coming in and the front office coordinator saying, it's a lovely day today, isn't it? And then the DA retrieving the patient from the patient lounge and saying, it's a lovely day today, isn't it? And then the dentist coming in and saying, it's a lovely day today, isn't it? So I think that we need to be more coordinated than that. And I think we, for seven star service, we should all have our own little things that we say. And I will tell you that for me, it's always about giving the patient some sort of compliment. If it's a female, it's I love your shoes or I love your handbag or your hair looks really nice or something like that. If it's a male, I might be saying something like, how was your day today? Or, How's work been? Or I come up with my own little patter and everybody in the practice has their own little patter so that we're not all crossing over each other. Okay. Emmanuel, I'm going to ask you at this stage, do we have any questions? Do we have anything that I need to answer? I can't see any of the comments at the moment. They're all bad. But it's more to do with the case presentation. A lot of, there's a few people putting some scenarios of some cases right. of me assuming that role of a patient and they want to see you, how you're going to get this set me up. Excellent. Correct. Excellent. Are they going to make you dress up as well? No, then. Dentist, as she said, a profile as an SC. So I'm going to be an SC for one. Don't tell me what you're going to be. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. oh. All right. Okay. So I'll just keep these scenarios coming in for a manual and you're not to be an SC now. Okay. Asking them to give us, give me a scenario of being a patient with a specific agenda or a, an issue. And Tony with her questioning technique is going to raise that up and get it out of me. And so she can then maneuver correctly into getting me to be mentally correct for this treatment plan. All right. I felt right. Yes. Okay. All right. Hey, so just reminding you that we are in the step two of the critical steps for successful comprehensive examination and consultation. So we're in step two, which is the pre-clinical interview. We did part one last week. 
We're doing part two this week. Okay. So remember part one was all about thinking about your headspace. And it was a lot about you and about how you actually influence this whole process. And that we need to focus much more on the patient and we need to listen to them more. So just like Emmanuel said, I'm actually going to ask questions to Emmanuel which are going to help reveal information. Now, I know that when I go into practices and I watch dentists doing their comprehensive examinations, very rarely do I see dentists asking the extent of the questions that I'm going to ask. Okay, so I know that as I'm going through this process, you're going to be saying, oh my God, I could never ask that many questions. How is she doing this? You know, the patient will, will start feeling really uncomfortable. And you know what? I'm going to say, I think that would be you feeling uncomfortable because you're not used to asking the right questions. So I, I want you to keep that in mind when we go through the scenario. Okay. So in getting the patient organized and ready for this comprehensive examination, let's talk about the preparation. And this is something that is really important. And I don't have a lot of time to go into it in too much detail tonight. You can always ask us or and I'm, I, I would suggest that ideally if you're really interested in this content that you come to one of our case presentation courses because we spend a lot of time going through everything in detail and we also do a lot of role playing and this is what you need to do if you really want to get this preparation is that the new patient examination actually begins when the patient first rings up I did touch on this last week and I did say that it was so important that our front office coordinators are setting this up properly for us. If they don't, it makes it very difficult for us to do this whole comprehensive examination process. And you'll see in the first green box there that it is estimated that 50% of patients are lost on the first phone call if the front office team have not been trained well to answer the phone and to answer all of the patient's questions. Now, I always get questions. What do you do about it? somebody who's shopping or asking how much this or how much that is? You know what? I say, hallelujah, that is a gift. And what we need to do is we need to get that patient to come into our practice because they are looking for a dentist. They don't have a dentist and it's our front office coordinator's job to give them a dental home. Emmanuel, what would you say about that? And I'm going to click, I'm going to go into the welcome pack when Emmanuel comes back on. Okay. So when the information, when we're getting the information from the patient, I think it's really important what? that the front office coordinator is also writing out what I call a new patient slip, where they're getting lots of information about the patient and not necessarily just typing it into the computer. I do know that you like using computers. But I know that we tend to miss information when it's being put in the computer. Emmanuel, I wanted you to talk about the phone calls, if you don't mind, please. Okay. What in particular? Sorry, Tony. We kind of. Any patients lost on the first phone call? Sorry, say that again. I didn't quite hear. Fifty percent of patients are lost yes. on the phone call. Correct. Fifty percent of the new patients that inquire. Yeah are lost on the phone calls. And that's because we're not addressing their concerns. We're not connecting with patients over the phone. A lot of the front staff in many practices have the mindset of booking appointments. And that's where their mindset is to manage appointments in a schedule software. But what we really need is to connect with patients over the phone. And they are the gatekeeper or the gateway to your practice. It's very important that we connect with patient with the right questioning technique to then get them to make appointments and keep their appointments as well. So it's very important. Correct, Tony? Totally agree. Totally agree. Thank you, Emmanuel. Stay on, okay? Because I like to ask you questions. So stay there. Oh, Is that okay? Yeah. I'm some help in here. It's eight o'clock at night. Come on. You, well, you're slapping up. So the next thing that I would suggest and this is something that I have found is really, it's really beneficial for those patients that are coming in for a comprehensive examination is that you send them a welcome pack. And in that welcome pack, and I don't mean an email, I actually mean a physical, beautiful folder 
that maybe has a practice brochure in, has your patient medical and dental history forms in there, has any information that you want to put in there, you send them that welcome pack. They receive that in the mail before their appointment. And you know what? It's a wow. It's seven star service. No other dentists are doing this for them. Okay. So I really, I, look, I could go, I can talk about a welcome pack for days. It has some psychological principles involved in it as well. And that is reciprocity and also commitment and consistency. And I can certainly talk about those more if anyone would like to know about it too. Tony, can I add to this? Yes. Um, people think that patients remember price when it comes to your practice. They go, they, the most important thing that they remember is experience. So that wow factor is such an important component in making people remember patients, remembering about practice. And that's what keeps getting them come, coming back is that experience is not about price. A lot of people think it's about price. Price becomes an objective issue or an obstacle to in many patients' minds is when they can't distinguish you from other dentists, then price becomes an issue. But if they can understand their experiences, then price is not an issue anymore. So be aware price becomes an issue when they can't distinguish you. And that's probably why they're doing this shop scenario and they call to find out about price because they don't know anything about you. And so that's how they are distinguishing between you and another dentist. Until someone over the phone can engage really nicely with them and give them that experience that they don't get with any other practice, then that starts to make them distinguish you. Yeah, totally agree with you, Emmanuel. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Next thing is I do believe that you should be confirming your new patients. And I do believe very strongly that we should not be sending them a text message as a refer as as a reminder. We should not be saying the word confirm to them. So we should not be ringing them up and saying, I'm ringing to confirm your appointment because that gives them the opportunity to cancel. The appointment is confirmed when they make it, guys. Now, the reason I say phone call is because with a new patient to your practice, you need to spend every single moment with that patient trying to build that relationship. So I want your front office coordinators to ring the patient and say, Mrs. Smith, we are very much looking forward to seeing you at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. I'm just ringing to see if you received our welcome pack and if you have any questions before you come and visit us. Now, how much of a wow is that? Rather than, Mrs. Smith, I'm ringing to confirm your two o'clock appointments. Okay. Want you to really think about this, guys. There are special touches you can add everywhere. Now, the next thing, the last green box on this slide is that we need to prepare for our patients in our morning huddle. So the new patients should be discussed in the morning huddle. We should know when they're coming in. We should know if they were referred by somebody. We should know, hopefully we've got all of that information written down from the front office coordinator on our new patient telephone slip. And ideally, and I know we haven't taught you this yet, but if you do know DISC, that we will have their potential DISC behavioral type written down on there as well, so that we are all prepared and ready for this new patient. Excellent. Any questions or anything, Emmanuel, anything I need to know about? Anyone freaking out yet? Um, DISC is, by the way, is a behavior trait. It's uh, made up of four behavior traits, dominant, interactive people, steady or steady people and steady. conscientious people. And so we call this a DISC profile. We will go into it in the next session a little bit more, but it's quite interesting that you can actually categorize people in their behavior with those four styles. And there are two that are more dominant than the other. And so by recognizing those styles, you can adapt your own communication style to get the better results with these people. For example, I am a direct person. So giving me too much information, I will not like it. So I may not react very well to it. But if you're direct, results are intended, then I may respond better. That's what we talk about in DISC. Perfect, Emmanuel. Awesome stuff. Okay, next slide, please. Sure. Thank nice. you. Okay. Oh, this is our little bit of acting. How exciting. All right. So we're going to get into the role play section in a second. Now we needed to record this part so that we could play it for you because we couldn't take all of the equipment down to show you us doing this. 
So this is, we're going to show you a video in a moment. And this video is what it is. No, go back, please. I'm going to come up on my screen. Remember. Yep. Yep. So this video is me retrieving the patient from the patient lounge. So I just want you to watch it. And then I'm going to talk about it in a moment after it. Okay. So I'm going to play it up on this screen here. Correct. Aren't we wonderful actors? We are just so wonderful, aren't we? We're just so good. Okay. So I know that we felt, it felt a little bit awkward for us doing that, but let me talk you through that. So I personally went out and I shook hands with the patient and I greeted them and I introduced myself. Then I walked side by side with the patient into the clinical room. I introduced the wonderful Rahul and I will always talk up my dental assistant. It makes them feel incredibly loved but it also brings them into the conversation and they become part of the treatment team. Now, I then pulled over my chair. My eyes were at the same level as a manual and I was getting ready to start my preclinical interview, which this is what the role play that we're going to do soon. Okay. So, Emmanuel, could you check for me, please? Is there any questions about this? Is there anything that I need to answer before I move on to the next step? Dinesh says, I love Raul's Indian head nod. No, no. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? I just love Rahul full stop. Okay. He's just amazing. He's our marketing guy and he comes in and jumps in a video to help us out. It's just beautiful. So that is the sort of team member that you all should be looking for. Okay. Any questions there, Daniel? I want to add, as a patient, how did I feel about that process? I felt that I connected with the dentist very quickly. I felt she was really interested in me as a patient and she calmed me down. I was quite nervous to be in there and I assumed that role. I wasn't really nervous, but I assumed that role and transformed myself. And I felt she diffused that concern very quickly and made me comfortable and I connected with her very quickly. And that's the experience that I got there. And also that role was very friendly. It wasn't, it was a very friendly environment. So already... I had a great little experience in those one minute. That was enough for already stopped me in that process. Seven star service. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Okay, I, next please, Emmanuel. I have to oh, add that, I'd have to add that I don't get that kind of experience all the time in a dental practice. So yes, she stood out. This practice stood out. Already we're standing out. Okay. So in the preclinical interview, conversation, whatever you want to call it, examination, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be asking questions. Now, you will hear the questioning process. I am going to ask what I call trunk questions. So I have a set of certain questions that I like to ask. And then from those questions, I will do something called active listening. So I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to active listen and then I'm going to ask deeper questions and I'm going to keep going with the conversation until I go right down the end of the branch of the tree then I'm going to come back to the trunk of the tree again as I said trunk questions we're talking about a tree here then I'm going to ask another trunk question I'm going to active listen ask deeper questions and go all the way down to the end of the branch that branch and come back to the trunk again. So I'm going backwards and forwards. But what I'm doing is I am getting to know my patient. I'm getting to know them emotionally. I am listening to their words. And my DA is typing everything down in quotation marks, okay? 
Now, this questioning process, I know some of you are just going to say, wow, that's just too much. I wouldn't like that. I tell you what, these patients do not know that this is what we're doing. And you'll, if you watch how I set it all up, you'll see that they understand what we're doing and they really don't usually feel that it's that bad. I only get amazing comments about how good it is. I don't think I could tell you that I've ever had anybody tell me that it's bad. Okay. How else do you want to describe this whole process, Emmanuel? Do you want to add something here? Yeah, I won't add too much. I think, actually, I can always add a lot. But yes, I think that this technique is something that's taken years to master. It's not something that you can learn very quickly. It's, it's, it's learned, but practiced and refined. So it's very hard to talk and listen and put the pieces together and then get it accurate. And that's a process that master communicators have. So what Tiny Head is showing you tonight in this broadcast is that this technique is something that myself and Tiny have developed over years of experience. And we advise that listen carefully, listen to what we're trying to do, not what we're exactly saying, but the, how we're kind of using the questioning technique to get to where we are and how we're setting things up. If you want to learn more about it, I advise that you should do a course and I can give you some information as to two courses we recommend for those that are in India, obviously I've been overseas and can't attend, but what we'd love to have you here in Australia, in Sydney on the 17th of August and in Melbourne on the 31st of August. In these workshops, we do focus on these techniques. And if you want to attend and get a good special price, a little self-promotion here, a couple of slides just before we go into it is that I'm trying to determine the patient's emotional motivators. So what has brought them in, what they want, and I'm also trying to determine what their concerns are. So this is what will be a potential barrier for them saying yes to the treatment plan. Do not forget, I have not looked inside their mouth at this stage. And I am not trying to solve problems for them at this stage. This is an investigation stage, okay? Investigating, we are finding out about the patient. Just the next slide for me, please, Emmanuel. Okay, so as we said, we're determining the motivators, which is what the patient wants now, what brought them in, and the concerns. So what may be an obstacle to the patient proceeding with a yes decision? Last slide before we start, please, Emmanuel. Okay. We believe in momentum that there are a, a finite number of motivators and concerns. And we believe that all motivators and all concerns fit into these areas. Okay. So there's five motivators, which could be that they are motivated. They want a better looking smile or aesthetics, or it might be for their health, that they want better health. Or it might be that they're in pain and that's why they're coming to see us. Or it could be social influences. So they're seeing people on TV. They're seeing people with beautiful selfies and they want to have better looking teeth for that reason. Or it could be their spouse. So their husband, their wife, their boyfriend, their girlfriend has sent them in. So they're the common motivators that we would be looking out for. And our DA will be listening out for these motivators as well as us. Now, concerns. We believe that there are five main concerns and that they fall into these areas. That it could be that they are concerned because it will take too much time. It could be financial, which is your money or your cost. We know that a lot of people say this one, but we also know that's usually a smoke screen. And I think I spoke about this in week one. So go back to that if you didn't get that conversation. It could be that they're worried about pain that's going to stop them from saying yes to the treatment. It could be that they are worried, they have fear, or it could be that they don't trust you. And what I'm going to say is that most of the time, it's got something to do with trust. And like I said, go back to the first week that we did this training because we spoke about these things in the first week. Okay. Emmanuel, do you have your patient, your persona? I do. And it was from Dr. Lim. I can't scroll back up, but. Tell me what yeah. it is. Don't tell me what it is. Oh, I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's three issues. Oh, 
Dr. Lim, you're testing me out. I think I need more wine. Um, I can tell you that I think it needs to be fair. You can work out my profile, but if you want to. No, I don't want to know anything. Okay. All right. Why make it easy for me? Give me a challenge. I'm flipping out of my comfort zone. Okay. Here we go. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So, guys, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to do straight from where we that video left off, where I said to Emmanuel, Emmanuel, welcome to Momentum Dental. Now, I'm now going to go into my whole patter, and this will probably take 10 to 15 minutes, guys. Okay. I'm going to speed it up. I would usually spend more time in the surgery. Okay. Emmanuel, welcome to Momentum Dental. Thank you so much for choosing us to look after your dental care. Thank you, Dr. Sirachi. Beautiful. Okay. So Emmanuel, did the girls at the front explain this whole comprehensive examination process to you? Yes, they did. Yeah. Thank you very much. They did. Okay, excellent. So, Emmanuel, just to check that we're all on the same page, I'm just going to run through what we're going to do today. So, we're going to spend a full hour together. We do things a little bit differently to other practices, and we pride ourselves on being extremely thorough. So, we're going to spend a full hour together, and the first part of that hour is going to be you and me talking and getting to know each other. How does that sound? Oh, good. Thank you. It's very good. You're very welcome. Now, I just want to ask, just so that you don't have to rush off, there's nowhere you need to be to straight after this appointment or your car's parked in the right spot, you're not going to get a parking ticket, you knew it was no. going to be an hour? No, it's all taken care of. Thank you for asking. Okay, fantastic. All right. So, Emmanuel, first of all, as I said, I'm going to ask you a number of questions that are really important to me so that I can create the best treatment plan for you. I need to get to know you first, okay? And I think that you need to get to know me as well. Because dentistry is a very, very personal thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, okay. And so we'll ask those questions. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a very thorough look at your teeth, your gums. We may need to take some x-rays. And we will definitely take some photos as well towards the end. And then I will hopefully be able to present you with your treatment plan. Okay. Okay. Yes. Great. Now, Emmanuel, if at any time you had any questions whatsoever, I'd like you to pop your hand up. I would like you to ask me as many questions as you like. I want you to feel comfortable to participate in this whole process with me. Okay. Sure. And lastly, what I want to let you know is that we really do pride ourselves on providing exceptional service to our patients. So I'm going to ask you a favor at the end of this appointment. I'm going to ask you to let us know how the experience was for you. Is that all right with you? Sure. No problems at all. Thank you very much. Beautiful. You're a very accommodating patient. Thank you. Excellent. Okay, so let's get started. Emmanuel, I'd really like to know what has brought you to the practice today? What can I help you with? I don't, I don't like my smile. Okay, so it sounds like you're concerned about the way your teeth look? Yes, yes. Okay, is there any more you can tell me about that? I don't, I don't like smiling very much, so I don't like just smiling it just i'm embarrassed yeah emmanuel thank you so much for sharing that with me that must actually be quite difficult to talk about are there any situations in particular that you've found that you've been hiding your teeth or not wanting to show your smile yes in photos i don't like someone taking photographs so i don't like photos Can I ask, what do you do when somebody gets a camera out or wants to do a selfie? What do you actually do? I shy away from it and try and not smile. So I don't want to smile. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like there mustn't be very many photos of you smiling. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. And do you think that makes you look a bit grumpy in photos or do you think it makes people think what's wrong with him or something like that? Oh, I smile like this, but not really. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. Now, 
How would you like to smile? Oh, I'd like to smile with my mouth open once and show my teeth. I just love that. I love that other people can do it. Okay. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Is there anyone in particular that you look at their smile and you just go, wow, I wish I was like that? I can't think of one at the moment. Okay. While we're going through the rest of this, if you could maybe have a think about somebody, it might even be a friend of yours or a family member that you think has a beautiful smile because that's a really good little indicator of what you potentially like, okay? Yeah, I've got a friend who's got a really nice smile and I'd like to be like that, yeah. Okay, fantastic. And what else is it about that friend that you really like? Is it just their smile? Yeah, he's confident and he can smile and he's got nice looks and his teeth compliment. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Being confident is an important thing for everybody nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Is that something that you would like to be more confident as well? Yes, I would like to be. Yes, I do. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you so much, Emmanuel. You've really shared some really deep things with me there. And I understand that that's not easy when you've just first met someone. So I really appreciate your honesty. And yeah, I think that this is great to find this out so early in in getting to meet you. So thank you. Okay. So Emmanuel, the next thing I want to ask you is, can you tell me a little bit about your past dental story? What's, What's happened? What have you had done in your mouth? What have you, what are your, have your experiences been? I haven't had much done to my teeth in the past. Yeah. So I haven't done much at all. You have you had fillings or anything or any teeth taken out, anything like that? Yeah, I've had fillings done, but yeah, I haven't gone back. Oh, that's interesting. Can, can I ask why? Oh, I just didn't like the experience. Yeah. I was always told that I was going to, everything seemed okay. And then all of a sudden I had all these problems and every time I went, it was just got more and more expensive and I just lost a bit of, yeah, I don't know. I don't think. It sounds like you haven't had very positive experiences in the past. No, I thought, yeah, I thought that we'd be taken care of and then I've had all these problems and that's what's happened every time I've gone back and I don't know. I just don't feel confident. Yeah. Can I ask what sort of problems, Emmanuel? That would be really helpful for me to know. Oh, I've had a, a root canal and I've had my tooth repaired twice and they haven't been able to fix it. I still have problems and it hurts and yeah, and then I had another problem with my molar up the top and that had to be taken out and that wasn't, I go regularly, but I just, yeah. Wow. It sounds like it's been quite frustrating for you. Yes. Yes. Okay. And is that what's brought you here that you're looking for a new dentist that, you know, you're not going to have these experiences with? Yes. Okay. So Emmanuel, I'm going to ask you a question here and it's really important that I get you to be as honest as you possibly can. Would you say that you've had maybe a little bit of difficulty trusting dentists in the past because things have happened that you haven't been prepared for? Yes, I think I've lost a bit of trust in dentists. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Emmanuel, what can I do to help build that trust back? How would you like me to treat you? I'd like... I don't know. I think just to tell me what's there and what needs to be repaired and perhaps just give me possible solution before they happen. Yeah. It is, so I'm hearing that you've had some unexpected surprises. Yeah. Okay. So is it fair to say that you'd prefer not to have unexpected surprises? Yeah. Okay. Emmanuel, thank you so much. Once again, I just think, wow, you are an amazing patient and I'm so lucky to have you in the chair here with me. Thank you. I've got a few more questions to ask you. I really feel like I'm getting to know you. So thank you for that. Okay. So what I would like to ask now is a little bit more, I'm going back to the aesthetics of your teeth. And I'd like to ask you, if money was no object and you were able to change your teeth in any way and have a better smile. What would you like to do to your smile to make, to improve it? I would like 
I've like my teeth nice and straight and, and clean and white and fix up all the chips that I've got and just don't have problems in my mouth as well. Okay. Okay. So are you, you're actually in pain at the moment. I know you said that you still got a problem with one of those teeth. Is that keeping you awake at nights or anything like that? No, only when I bite on it. Okay. Okay. And did your last dentist tell you what that might be when you're biting on it? Yes. What did they say? That it was another root canal was required. Okay. How did that make you feel? Sorry? How did that make you feel hearing that you might need another root canal? Oh, I thought it was, I thought, oh no, not another cost. It was getting expensive. So it sounds like it's not just that it's, that it's financial. It sounds like there's been some trust issues and you're just not quite sure what to expect. Am I yeah. correct in saying that? Yes. Emmanuel, really important question here because sure. I know, obviously I've been a dentist for a while and I understand that I haven't even looked in your mouth yet. So I don't know what I'm going to find. And I'm hearing some things that if I maybe find that you need another root canal, I'm concerned about how to tell you that because I feel that maybe you might not trust me as well. I'm just, if it's another root canal, I'm okay if you tell me beforehand and then have it repaired. And, but I think I'm just concerned about how much it might cost. Okay. Okay. So if we keep that all in mind and we work out a way to fit costs into your budget, do you believe that would be okay? Yes. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. All right, Emmanuel, some easier questions now. I'm going to ask you on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your, the health of your mouth? How would you say it? So one being it's really unhealthy, it's really not good. And 10 being as healthy as it could possibly be. Probably about a five. Okay. So middle of the road. Yeah. Can I ask you, what do you think contributes to that? Coffee. I do floss. I just... No, I, I, uh, yeah, I just probably bad teeth. I don't know, genetic. I think my mum had bad teeth. Okay. Okay. And so do you, what would you like to be? What level would you like to get the health of your mouth to be? Um, I'd like to have it like my friend who's got a beautiful set of teeth and healthy and he can smile and they're all his. Nice. Perfect. Okay. So I've got a real picture of what you're looking for. And I really thank you for sharing all of that with me. It's really important so I, so that I can create a really good plan for you. Okay. So Emmanuel, just very last thing. I just want to check. You don't have any dentures, any removable teeth or anything in your mouth. No, nothing like that. And just very briefly, can you tell me what you're doing at home to look after your teeth? Sorry, what do I do at home to look after yeah, my Yeah, what do you do at home to look after your teeth? Brush and I brush. I should floss a bit more, but I do brush. Yes. Okay. Every, night, every morning and every night I brush. Okay, great. Okay. So all in all, if you're looking at that ranking again of the health of your mouth and what you're doing at home to keep it healthy, what sort of number can you give me that you would like to be at? I would like to be at 10, 9, 9 10. Yes. Great. Do you think it's possible? I don't know. Maybe, I guess, what would you say? Um, it could be, I guess. If I, get... I haven't in your mouth yet. I, I want all my patients to be 10 out of 10, of course. What would you be prepared to do to get to a 10? I would be prepared to look at the options of what I can do. So that would be important to see what other options there is. And okay. Fantastic. Price, price would probably be a little bit of an issue for me. Yes, because I can't sure. afford I can't afford it. Okay. Okay. Once again, thank you for sharing that with me. And I'll definitely keep it in mind when we get to the end. And I actually do present you with your treatment plan if you need anything. Okay. I don't even really know at this stage. So let's just see. And we're going to get on to the clinical examination where I'm going to check your teeth and your gums in just a moment. But Emmanuel, just before we get on to that, just some final things that I'd like to say to you. Now, thank you so much for everything that you've shared with me. I've heard that you've been to a number of dentists in the past, that you're, you always find that there's more treatment that needs to be done afterwards and that you've had unexpected things happen. So 
it's been a little bit difficult for you to trust the whole process that you've been looking for a new dentist. And I really thank you for coming to visit us. That finances are something that we need to keep in mind when we're doing a treatment plan for you. And also that you really would like to be more confident and have a nice smile if we can fit that into your budget. Is that correct, Emmanuel? Is there anything else you'd like me to add to that? No, thank you. And Tony, can I say at this point, you've nailed it. Three points. Here it is. Okay. Okay. Now, Tony cannot see tonight any of the comments. No photos. I don't like to be in the photos. That was the comment. Don't trust dentists. And the cost was an issue. And she hit all three correctly. Beautiful. Fantastic. And I think you might be an S. An SC. Correct. SC. Okay. I didn't quite get the C. There wasn't enough detail for me, but I could see that you're a bit of an S. Oh my God, it's nine o'clock. That took nearly half an hour for me to do that. And I still had plenty more to go. Okay, guys, we will need to go over this process next time. Let's just go for 10 more minutes, if that's okay with everyone. Okay. Some comments, Emmanuel. Can you tell me what people are saying? What do we need to talk about? Yeah. How do you present so great? Do a deep profile. How do you get <laughs> how do you get them to come back for a scaling clean? How do you get them consistent with a perio every three months? How do you get them consistent? And what would you do there? Okay, so I want to find out what their motivators and concerns are. So let's start talking motivators and concerns. So if they want to, okay, if money is a concern, they're going to save more money if they keep coming back regularly. If aesthetics are a concern, their mouth is going to look better if they keep coming back. So what we need to do is we need to find the motivators and concerns, and then we need to adjust our language to appeal to those motivators and concerns. Okay. So this is something that next week we'll start talking about how you package it all together and give them a benefit and procedure statement with their treatment plan. It is, I know, I hate to say I need to leave it a little bit later, but I do need to say that. Now, I was asked a question over Facebook Messenger during the week, and it was about health insurance. And I, it's something that I didn't actually get to this section in this, in this role play because I could see that it was nearly nine o'clock and I had to stop. But what I'm going to teach you next week is about inoculations. So health insurance, I would always discuss health insurance before you even look in the patient's mouth. So I would be asking the patient, what sort of contribution are you expecting your health insurance company to pay towards your dental health? I'd be asking that rather than getting towards the end and the patient then turns around and says, but how much do I get back on my rebate? So we'll talk more about that next week. Any other questions, Emmanuel? How do we prevent cancellations with some of these patients? How do you get them in and prevent cancellations? Yeah, absolutely. I think cancellations is something that I am passionate about. And I believe that it's not just the front office staff that need to be working on cancellation. It is the whole team. Okay. So we need to be creating value in our appointments with our patients so that they are educated and they want to come back and that we give them something called a reason to return. Now, this is something that is, it takes a bit more time than we've got to explain now, but basically you're not telling them to come back for a checkup and clean. You're telling them to come back because they have a four millimeter pocket and bleeding on the lower right. And we need to flush the bacteria out every six months so that it doesn't become more infected. Okay. So we need to not use minimalistic language. Remember we spoke about that. Well, I can't even remember when, but we spoke about not using minimalistic language. And we, and so we need to educate that patient to want to come back. Not that it's an option to come back. It's a necessary to come back. Okay. Anything else, Emmanuel? There's also issues about insurance. People who have, who have insurance plans or put the scale and clean. How do we compete with people who have their scale and clean in their insurance that they can get once a month for free or, or sorry, once twice a year, I think it is. Some of these practices are up against that. 
Sorry, can you, what do you mean? How do we compete with some patients have got two free scaling cleans, right? In their insurance plan. And that could be a problem getting some of the patients to come back to the. Sure. Once again, I'm going to say it's how you make that patient feel. It's all about experience. And I truly believe that hygiene or scaling clean is the heart of every practice that if you don't have a really good solid hygiene department, you're not going to have a good solid practice. So I believe that it's wowing them. It's giving them over and above. And you know what, if they decide to go and have their scale and clean done at, let's say a boot provider or something like that, let them go, leave the door open for them to come back because they're not going to have the experience that you provide them with your seven star service. And then they're going to come back to you. Okay. So I think that's something that you can't drag people in by their ear and make them stay with you. But if they are going to go off to preferred provider for that sort of treatment, then the best thing that you can do is have your arms wide open for them when they come back. Is that answering the question or I'm not quite sure whether I got that point or not? Look, Tony, I think we've done a fantastic session tonight and we really showed the skills involved in using quite good questioning techniques. Using this, the example of the tree, where you're going from the branch down to the trunk to get the information, know what the core motivators are in the trunk and coming back at the, out of the branches and reconfirming all your information before you even start to go into the examination process. Yeah, that summary is so nice, isn't it? Because it, it really helps the patient feel listened to and understood. What I want to highlight is the importance of this. It is, it's getting your information correct. You know what motivates your patients. You are rechecking and confirming, and then you are able to move forward with the case acceptance process. If you don't do this properly, which many dentists don't, you will fail to get them to convert for your treatment. Well, you'll be lucky with some, Emmanuel. You'll be lucky. You'll be lucky. But some difficult ones that may show more of a direct personality you all who are really have strong issues, you probably won't get them through. So unless they build some credible trust with you, then you've got a better chance. But I'll actually we... tell you that you'll be able to get smaller cases across the line. You'll right. be able to get necessary treatment across the line, right. but you will struggle getting anything elective cosmetic dentistry, ortho, those sorts of things. If you want to do those sorts of treatments, you really need to improve your communication skills. There's just no two buts about it. We're in the communication industry. Dentistry is a is communication. A big part of the dentistry is communication. It's really connecting with patients and you know, getting that trust established first, getting over the fear factor. And once the trust is established, that's when you can move forward. But you do need to understand what motivates your patient. And that requires very good interactive communication techniques. So I want to thank you for that experience tonight. By the way, Tony, it was really You're very welcome. You're very welcome, everyone. Have a look at all of your questions and I will endeavor to answer them all. Please give me a couple of days because it takes me time to get through them. As Emmanuel said, and not trying to push anything here, guys, but there's only so much that we can teach you on an online session. I'd love for you to come to one of our courses where I'm actually able to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with you and help you develop these communication muscles, okay? Because it is all about learning, role-playing and practice, practice, okay? I think that when I was learning this stuff, I it took me a long time to get this all in my head and start using it the way that I use it now. So please don't give up. It actually is possible to change the way that you do things. This is exciting stuff. We're really yeah. going to get more of it, how to get that across. So if people tell us about, uh, tell them about this, this is very unique for um, We're ahead of the, everyone in what we're doing. We're really revolutionizing the way we're training online for dentists. And we're really getting back a lot to the dental community. We want you all to survive out there. It's becoming tough. And these are the skills that you're going to require to get you through. So thank you for joining. Thank right. you, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful night. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Good night. 
And that's it for another session of Dental Evolution. Dr. Tony and Emmanuel invite you to follow them on Instagram and Facebook via Dental Evolution World or visit them at MomentumManagement.com.au or DentalED.com. Thank you for spending your valuable time with us and we look forward to having you listening again in our next session. 